The song says, lead me to your heart. We're talking about light and darkness and the, the power of those things. And it is God's uh, invitation, it is God's initiation that we move from darkness to light. It is our tendency to, as was already shared by Colin, to kind of hide in the light. And so as we get started uh, in, into our text today, I, I want to encourage you, I, I want to encourage you to a couple things. I, I want to encourage you to just be thinking, how do I come to the heart of God? Where do I need to come to the heart of God? Where does the light of Christ need to come into my life? Where, where am I desperate for those things? Because we come as not just attenders to a service, as I mentioned earlier, but we come as worshipers. And worshipers say, God, you're it. I love you. I need you. And I'm listening. What do you want to do with me? What do you want to do with me? I want to talk to you today about a conversation that Nicodemus had with Jesus. But Nicodemus came in the dark. Nicodemus uh, had heard something about this Jesus. See, last week we talked about uh, Jesus clearing the temple courts, and you know about all that. He was, you know, turntables over, chase people around. And, um, and this amazing kind of thing that people asked him for a sign, and he said, you know, what's, they said, what sign do you have for this authority that you're doing this? And he says, well, tear this house down, uh, destroy this house, and I'll raise it again in three days. And they didn't understand that. They didn't get it. Uh, they got kind of upset with him. And they went off their way. But the writer of the Gospel of John says, but Jesus then performed all kinds of healings and miraculous signs. And then comes John chapter 3, which is the story of Nicodemus. And Nicodemus has heard disturbing, troubling, odd kinds of rumblings and rollings within the community. And so he comes to Jesus at night. John chapter 3, it'll be on the screen if you want to follow along. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing and not be from him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born again when he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. 
and you do not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you still, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been through God. Nicodemus has come and and he's trying to check things out. Whether he's there in a professional capacity as a Pharisee, one of the teachers and rulers of the land, or whether he's there in a personal capacity, he's trying to figure out, is this Jesus for real? Are all these miracles and all this stuff that's happening really for real? Can I really trust this? Or, or is this guy taking us off down some strange trail? He begins to have this conversation. Conversation with Jesus. You can kind of see him there. He's, he, he's gathered together with Jesus. I don't know if he's inside or outside but he's probably huddled in some quiet corner somewhere. Candlelights, perhaps, just lighting the room. Jesus, tell me about this stuff. What's going on? You seem like a different person. And Jesus begins to kind of blow his mind with a whole other way of thinking about kingdom business. And he begins to tell Nicodemus four amazing, incredible kinds of concepts that will forever shift how Nicodemus and those who would follow will think about the kingdom of God. In John 3, 5, Jesus says, The kingdom of God is for those born of water and spirit. Verse 5 says, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of the water and spirit on the spirit. A different kind of concept uh, for, for the Jewish mindset, this idea of connectedness into the kingdom. It was not by some other kind of birth. It was because they were born an Israelite that made them in the kingdom. My mom and daddy are, so I must be. They followed in that kingdom because they kept all the, the laws and regulations of, the, of their religious faith. 
And Jesus comes and he says, you're kind of misunderstanding it. I'm telling you that there is a birth that comes in water and the spirit. And, and, and we understand in the early church the importance of baptism, that symbol when, when we say to all those around us, we believe, we get it, we want to be a part of the family of God. We, we, we're going somewhere. Jesus says it is that kind of declaration that we do that gives us new birth. But it's not just that declaration, not just that that motion and action. It is also a birth by the Spirit. It It is something very much in contrast to what they did in their own works for their salvation. It is an act of God, of God's Spirit. We are born of the water and the Spirit. Not a physical birth, but a spiritual birth. That was a difficult conversation. Nicodemus says, how can that be? (laughs) Jesus begins to explain this kingdom life. And and he says to Nicodemus, essentially, he says, "The, the, the kingdom of God kind of life only comes through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's the only way you get into it. There's no other way to get there. There, there's nothing you can do. And so he begins to tell this story about the Israelites in Numbers chapter 21. And, and he talks about this idea of the relationship of, of their sin and activity to... You, do you remember this story? This is a story of, of, of God's people. They're wandering. They're doing their thing. They're talking. They're moving. They're having this conversation. And God is doing amazing things. But the people aren't listening. People aren't listening. They're saying, God, we're, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. We don't like this. And God sends a plague on them, a plague of snakes. And it begins to kill them, destroy them. And Moses intervenes on behalf of the Israelites. And he says, <laughs> if you'll take one of those snakes, the very thing that got them in trouble, if you'll take one of those snakes and hold it up on high, Everyone who looks on the snake will be saved. I don't get that. I don't understand the theology of that. I don't understand the process of that. But Jesus certainly saw it as an allusion to his own crucifixion, to his own suffering and death. And he's telling Nicodemus, there's a new way of doing business. And it's only by Believing in this Jesus hung on a cross. So he says the Son of Man, you remember we talked about that before, must be lifted up. Whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Now, probably Nicodemus didn't really get this. Jesus was alluding to something that was yet to come and probably not fair to get too upset with Nicodemus for not getting it. But but there is something going on here. There's something going on here that Nicodemus certainly remembered at the end of Jesus's life. Because you remember Jesus, this is very early in his ministry and he's got three years he's going here and, and, and Jesus ends up on the cross dead, hanging there. Do you remember who it was that went to go and get Jesus off the cross? Who was it? Nicodemus. It was Nicodemus. 
This Nicodemus who had gone to Jesus in the dark to figure out what this stuff is all about, suddenly steps out in front of everybody and says, I want that man's body. And I don't care who knows about it. He got it then. He understood this Jesus lifted up on a cross. But Jesus says something else that's pretty radically different than most of them would have thought of. He said, the reason why God does this is because he loves you. <laughs> loves us? What kind of God loves us? Somewhere along the way, the Israelites had kind of lost this concept to say, God really does love us. God really does care for us. God really does have a wonderful plan for us. Somewhere they'd lost that. But Jesus reminds them in John 3.16. You know the verse likely. Read it with me out loud. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And Jesus says there's something different going on here. It's not the way it used to be. It's, it's not about all the stuff that you do. It's not about all that. It's just God, because he loves you, steps into our lives and into our world and invites us into relationship with him. I love this passage of scripture because it speaks of the breadth of God's love and the narrowness of God's love. He said, in the breadth of God's love, for God so loved the world. That's everybody. That's the people who seem really like they got it together. And that's the people who are still struggling. And it's the people who are flat out out there. God so loved the world. He just doesn't love the nice people. He loves the world. And then he says, that's the breadth of God's love. Then he says, and whosoever. Now, whosoever is a very specific you and a very specific me. Whoever would believe the breadth and narrowness of God's love for us. Finally, Jesus says one last thing that was kind of a shocker and seems rather rough to us. Verse 19, he says, this is the verdict. You know what a verdict is? Wish I had a hammer gavel. The verdict is the last word. Last word in trial. Nobody can argue any more points. Nothing's getting done. It's just the verdict. What is the verdict? And Jesus says the verdict is this. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're out of the kingdom of God. You're either in or out. Isn't that kind of tough to hear? You're either in the kingdom of God or you're out of the kingdom of God. 
But before you panic, before you say, well, I knew it, I'm out. <laughs> Let me just say this. It is not about what you do. Understand? It's about what you believe. Sometimes we're going to do really good. God wants us to. Sometimes we're going to do some stupid stuff. God doesn't want it. But being in another kingdom is based on something else. It's based on believing. How many times in this passage does Jesus use the word believe? Probably six, seven, eight times. He says, if you believe, if you believe, for those who believe, if you believe, if you believe, if you believe. See, this kingdom business, this inclusion in God's kingdom is not based on a bunch of rules that we keep or a bunch of things that we do. It's not on our good works or our good deeds. It's just simply on believing. I believe. I believe, God, that you are the one and only true. You died on a cross for me. Now help me, God, to live like it. But it's based on believing. You know, I've been thinking about this passage of Scripture and and thinking about this idea of light and dark. And and trying to trying to say what difference does all this make? Because I think the realities are that that we experience darkness in in different kinds of ways. Some some of us live in darkness, and there may be some in this place that are just kind of in dark places. You're in dark places because you just you, you're far from God. You you don't you don't know Jesus and. And maybe today's a day when you need to say, I'm going to come to the light. I'm not going to hide in the darkness anymore. Sometimes we experience this darkness because there, there's stuff going in our lives. And, and it's not necessarily sinful stuff, but there's just stuff going in our lives. And our, our hearts are filled with fear or anger or hurt. Confusion. And Jesus invites us into the light where we hear again those words. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? We've asked you several times in the course of this service. How do we come to the heart of God? How do we hear that and feel that? Why are we here? And it is more than just hanging out. And it is more than just singing a song. It is more than all of that stuff. It is us coming and saying, God, 
I need you. I need you. Come into those dark places of my life. Whether it's a relationship with him to start out, that's where it starts out. Or whether, it, whether it's how we are, where we find ourselves if in these places of fear or struggle. Sometimes, sadly enough, we can be in very dark places because we've made choices about our lives. And there may be things within us that no one else knows about. Those dark, secret places. And God would say, let me bring light to that. Because in his presence, there is not shame. There is not punishment. There is hope and newness and forgiveness. But we have to want to go there. You have to kind of want to go there. You have to come to these kinds of places and say, well, I didn't think I was going to talk about this, but But I do struggle with hurt or pain or loneliness or fear in my life. You got your phone? If it's like dark like mine, just push your button. Just get your phones out. You know, if you have a smartphone, this works or... As Cody says, a semi-intelligent phone. Or <laughs> just push the button. Think what happens. Push the button. Lights up. Isn't that amazing? I have to confess to you. This is probably TMI. So if it is, just edit it out of the tape. <coughs> I get up to go to the bathroom a lot in the middle of the night. And I have to confess to you, I use my phone as a flashlight because the room is dark and I can't see anything. So I grab my phone sitting next to my desk and I push the button and I get a measure of light. I have, a, <laughs> I have the app too, but I don't go that far. <laughs> I push the button. But you know what I realized? This just, just hit me the other day, just thinking about this, about light and darkness. You see what's happened? I'm pushing the button, and what happens? I can hardly get to the end of my bed before it's dark again. And I push the button again. And I take a few more steps, and it gets dark again. I think sometimes we're like that with God. You understand this? We're kind of like that with God. We just kind of push the button. And we have a little light that pops in. It's not real bright. It's not real bright. I mean, mine's not in the middle of the dark. It's not real bright. But it does pop up. But it doesn't last too long. And it goes dark again. But you know, it hit me the other day that when it goes dark, there's something I can do. I have to hit the button. And then I have to open it. And when I open it, that light will stay on for, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds. I was laying in bed between trips. 
And I was thinking about, that's kind of the way it is with God. That we can just keep hitting the button and we get a little bit of light. Or I can choose to open, open the window, open the door of my heart and find that God's light is really bright and it sustains. You hear what I'm saying, guys? This is, this is serious business. This is, this is the light of God walking with us, revealing, guiding, doing all that stuff. But you have to open it up. You can just keep pressing the button. I've got a problem. I've got a problem. Every time I've got a problem, I push the button. A little bit of line. I've got a problem. Push the button. Push the button. But God would invite us to just open it up. I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I'm going to ask you to be asking God this question because I'm going to ask him to reveal this to you. Just ask God, are there any dark places in my life? Any shadows that you want to talk to me about today? Chances are he's not going to wipe all your shadows out in one, one fell swoop. Are there any places where you you just need to say, God, I hear it. I hear your voice. I've come here today not just to sing a song and be with my friends, but I really come to hear from you. Pray with me. Father, you sent Jesus, the light of the world. And we see something different in Him. And you invite us to believe. You invite us to step into that light, to come and find hope and newness in you. Nicodemus did. He didn't get it all. I mean, he didn't understand it all. But but his life was changed and transformed. And so today, Lord, I pray. I pray for my friends, my people. Lord, would you speak to their hearts right now? Lord, if there be any shadow spaces, any dark places, maybe I've just walked away from you or maybe I never knew you and I, I just, I'm so much in the dark, I just need to come into the light completely. Maybe, Lord, it's just a few fears. Maybe it's some stuff we're doing that nobody knows about. Lord, would you speak to our hearts? Would you give us boldness and the assurance of your great love that, Lord, we can bring your light into our shadows and not be afraid? but rather find peace and hope and newness. So in this moment, God, speak to us. Help us listen. There is light. And it is sufficient.
It is enough for every day, every moment, and every second.